It is officially official. We all knew it was coming. We all saw it coming. We've all known for a while that the Philadelphia Phillies would not make the playoffs in the 2019 season, but now officially eliminated from the playoffs this season after losing the first game of the doubleheader. The Phillies would double down on that and go on to lose game two as well. The Milwaukee Brewers won yesterday as well, adding insult to injury. The Phillies will not finish close to making the playoffs in the uh, in the end. And uh, we will dive into it all a lot to get into. This is Phillies Damn Your James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, September the 25th. And yes, it is the first full day where the Phillies have been officially eliminated from the playoffs as they lose twice to the Nationals yesterday. Eliminated after the first game as um, they, uh, they just uh, didn't get it done a four to one loss they they open with the opener Blake Parker actually pitched pretty well but ultimately they're unable to get into it we'll dive into it and then they lose six to five in the second game a heartbreaking loss if there is one in a game that is for all intents and purposes an exhibition game um at least for the Phillies it mattered to the Nats but it was still another another gut punch loss the uh the Phillies didn't want us to forget our roots they were like even though this game <laughs> might not matter to us and you might not have the same bite to it we're gonna lose it in heartbreaking fashion because that's how we like to do as the phillies lose six to five in the second game of the doubleheader in washington again losing both games down in washington just a uh frustrating turn of events yesterday it's always a bummer when a team loses both games of a doubleheader you don't see it that often it's not something that is um, I I would guess the numbers would show that at least more often than not the teams split, but obviously you know it happens. But um, it, it certainly was bummer than it happened yesterday. It's the Phillies again now, officially eliminated from playoff competition as uh, the Brewers also, as I said, won yesterday four to two. As the Brewers just have been insanely out there, when I think sixteen of eighteen, as the Phillies now sit. Eight games, eight games behind the Milwaukee Brewers. The Phillies are now 79 and 78 on the season. Who would have thought? Who would have thought when we were talking about this team and and competing for a playoff spot that in the last week of the season, the bigger mystery over at least the second half of it for sure will be, will the Phillies finish over 500? Then will the Phillies make the playoffs, which is obviously – no longer a mystery, and obviously really hasn't been for a while. We've talked about it a lot here. You all know that I have not thought this was a playoff team for quite some time and uh, and just uh, made official yesterday, but uh, uh, really frustrating loss. We'll, 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 uh, both frustrating, certainly the second game the most frustrating. We'll dive into it all and uh, some interesting things to get into as well after that. But let's look back at the, uh, the day the Phillies season officially ended. Game one, the Phillies fall four to one to the Nationals in a uh, a frustrating loss. The Phillies get on them early, score in the first inning, um, jumping on Joe Ross right away as uh, the Gene Segura singles up the middle to score a run. But the Phillies then leave runners on. They leave the bases loaded, only able to get that run and. It would certainly come back to bite them as then the Nats would put up one in the fourth, 
two in the sixth, one in the eighth, and that was all she wrote. As the Phillies bullpen game lasted for a while, Blake Parker pitched up two perfect innings to start, and then Mike Moore in a perfect inning after that, and then they started to run into a little trouble. Ranger Suarez gives up a run over an inning in two-thirds, then Nick Vincent gets roughed up, giving up two in two-thirds of an inning, and then later Edgar Garcia would give up a meaningless run in this game the four to one loss to the washington nationals in this game was the official nail in the coffin for the philadelphia phillies this season as that was the game that officially eliminated them from playoff competition they still decided to pitch aaron nola in the nightcap against max scherzer and um neither guy was very good and and the numbers look worse than than ultimately it was but Philly's able to uh, to build a lead against Max Scherzer in the first inning. How about that, Brad Miller? Brad Miller batting cleanup yesterday, and one of the uh, you know uglier lamps you're going to see. Bryce Harper giving a day off, though we would hear from Bryce and uh, Reese Hoskins giving a, a day off. I guess day off they they played in the first game, so an evening off, I should say. Reese Hoskins over oh, his last 25, he has been a absolute train wreck at the plate. For a long time, we'll have some more on Reese Hoskins coming up in a minute. Uh, something interesting that was uh, discussed yesterday by some of Philadelphia's elite Phillies beat reporters, so to speak. But um, uh, back to the game. Uh, Brad Miller gets it going early. 3 nothing, leading the first. A three-run homer off Max Scherzer from Brad Miller. Who saw that coming? The Nats will get one back in the third off. Nolo Young Gomes. Summer Gomes has been white hot. Nationals catchers just kill the Phillies. Whether it's Kurt Suzuki, Young Gomes, doesn't matter. Brad Miller again off Scherzer in the fourth. A, another home run. This one to right center a, uh, uh, makes it 4-1. to one. Unbelievable. Brad Miller gets to Max Scherzer as the Phillies. Scherzer certainly had a success against everyone else but uh, Max Scher- uh, Brad Miller. Uh, Scherzer goes six innings, five hits, four runs allowed, only one walk, and then ten strikeouts in those six innings. Um, but ultimately... Uh, leaves without the lead as uh, Aaron Nola in good shape. Uh, you know, only giving up two runs heading into that sixth inning. And then Nola runs into some trouble, allows runners on first and second, and um, really uh, horrible call from an umpire as a uh, it was a 3-2 count. It was clearly a third strike. It was just... Right at the knees, a perfect pitch, froze the batter, and called a ball. Uh, Kapler, you know, kind of comes out of the dugout a little bit, yells at the um, Nola, you could see, audibly curse. Um, you know, I can't say it here, but you know what he said. And uh, a certain bad word. And uh, and then uh, Nola gets pulled, bases loaded, and uh, freaking Jared Hughes comes in and gives up a grand slam to Trey Turner. And it, and it sucked. It sucked. Again, it's a game that doesn't matter for all intents and purposes, and yet it sucked. It sucked watching Jared Hughes come in and just blow this game that, not that Nola was great, but Nola was not nearly as bad as the ultimately final line would say, giving up five earned runs against Nola, left with only two against him, and really should have had that third out with that strikeout, really a, a bum break there from the home plate. Um, that was a really bad call. Uh, Phillies would add one after that. Bryce Harper, a pinch hit bomb off Hunter Strickland, who, of course, they have history. I remember 
the fight. Harper has homered off him a few times, has owned that rivalry, but those guys do not like each other, and Harper just blasts one out, a 442-foot shot, the hardest-hit ball Bryce Harper has hit as a Philly, 116 miles per hour or something like that off the bat, just nuts. He just murdered a baseball. And, um, again, him and Hunter Strickland had some history as uh, that time Hunter Strickland hit him with the pitch twice in a game and uh and harper just came at him and threw his helmet at him and just goes right at him and it was uh you know a real old school kind of brawl you don't see that very often but harper just went right at him and they go right at each other and uh and that history is there and uh and harper gets the chance to go against strickland in the seventh inning and just tattoos one smokes it in his old stadium into the second deck and uh nice for harper there always good to see him succeed in washington uh but ultimately team fails as the uh phillies were not able to put up another run they ultimately fall six to five in washington yesterday as they fall in both games to the doubleheader they've lost all three games in washington not great as they say but again the games don't matter it's still frustrating and look they did fight yesterday it's not like they laid down and died you know they did have a lead for a while. They they fought back. Harper the Harper pinch hit homer. They were there, but um, they just um, it seems like we're gonna have another stretch of uh, of really disappointing baseball to end the season, and it's a bummer. And and that's what we got. So eight games back. How about that? How about that? The Phillies are gonna finish in fourth place in the NL East, and they might not get over five hundred. I mean, they gotta they gotta win some games here. They got the the Marlins coming up. We know how much they struggle with them. Jeez Louise. Um, all right, coming up, I want to uh, I want to dive into the Gabe Kapler of it all because Gabe was asked about his job yesterday after the first game after team eliminated from the playoffs and you know what that means. I want to get into that as uh, you know it's time to have that conversation because because uh, we're there. Uh, but first, uh, Jim Salisbury, an interesting nugget in his uh, his piece yesterday talking about how the season is, is kind of you know done and, and looking back and all that talking about reese hoskins and he said quote unquote back in spring training it at least seemed possible that the phillies would try to lock up hoskins with a long-term contract this winter this is highly doubtful now it might even be more plausible that the phillies shop him in a trade for pitching wow how crazy is it to think Reese Hoskins, you know, before Harper got here, he was the one guy, he was the face of our team. And um, obviously he has been a, a absolute disaster over the last couple months. I mean, a 184 average, I think, since the All-Star break or something like that. I mean, he's just been horrendous. Horrendous. Again, over his last 25, he's been a really, really bad baseball player, but He's also had serious success at the major league level already as a young guy too, especially from a power perspective. And um, I don't think that he's bad. <laughs> you know, I think that I think what we saw before is probably more him. It, well, that's what he was all through the minors, through his whole career before that. And I think he's just he's just lost right now. But um, my bigger thing is, uh, look, I, if if they can get a controllable young starter, uh, someone. For example, Joe Giglio, my good buddy, likes to always bring up uh, Herman Marquez of the Rockies, who is a really great young pitcher. And get him out of Colorado, he could be a, a outstanding young pitcher for, for the Phillies. 
Um, I would be very interested in something like that because that is a need for the Phillies, and it's easier to fill that first base spot, I think. you got Baum coming up. Maybe they sign somebody. I mean, whatever. It's not like Hoskins is a great defensive first baseman, but I just don't know if you can get a guy like that right now because I don't know what Hoskins' value is. Uh, right now you'd be trading him at the nadir. I mean, he is in the worst slump of his career. Majors or minors. He's never been this bad for this long. He's a mess. So trading a guy like that now just feels like, all right, well, we're, we're trading him at his lowest possible value point. And maybe you find a team that's still willing to value him at what he showed for the first, you know, year and a half of his career rather than the last, you know, three, four months, whatever it is. But I don't know. It feels like you'd be selling low as it were on Reese Hoskins at this point, if you were trying to trade him. And, uh, it's really interesting, though, that, that to read that from Jim Salisbury, of course, who is as plugged in as it gets, um, really shows how much the team has soured on Hoskins over the course of the year. Again, he was someone who was a face of the franchise type of person, someone who set records as a rookie home run-wise and had a really nice year last year with you know 34 or 35 homers, whatever it was. He had a really good year. Obviously went through some slumps at times, but but a good player. And obviously over the last few months, he has just been a, a shell of that player and a, a real a real detriment to them offensively. There's no question. But I don't know. Again, if you can get someone legit for him, fine. I'm totally cool with trading Reese Hoskins for value if you can get a pitcher who's going to help you in the long run. I'm, I'm really okay with that. But... I just don't know how that happens when you're trading a guy. At the, again, the absolute nadir of his career value. So um, I don't know. I think it's a uh, interesting situation that I wasn't expecting to be dealing with. I thought Hoskins, you know, you figured he'd be someone who would be signed to a contract extension this offseason more likely than traded, you know, heading into the season at least. So um, it's a shame, and, and hopefully you can figure it out here or somewhere else, preferably here, and, and they can get that guy back because uh, he was a really good hitter for a little while there. So uh, it really is a shame, and it's crazy. It's crazy to think how much they've soured on him, and um, it's too bad because uh, I still think that that hitter's in there. And, um, again, I know he's been just just awful. I, I Man, it feels like you or me could have a chance to go up there and uh, and – have as much success as he's had lately just with dumb luck by sticking the bat out and closing our eyes but um it is a shame it is a shame and uh you know you hope that uh he can figure it out that's one thing i'll be watching over the last few games here is is maybe reese can get on a little baby hot streak down the season or something and maybe instill some confidence but not great not great speaking of not great coming up we will talk about the biggest issue at hand here is now that they're eliminated from the playoffs. The the focus shifts. It shifts to what will they do with the manager, with Gabe Kapler? Will he be the manager of the 2020 club coming up? We'll talk about the Gabe situation as he addressed that yesterday. And uh, I'll give my thoughts on what I expect to happen and, uh, and how it could play out and all that. And, uh, of course... We'll look ahead to the uh, game tonight in Washington. Two more against the Nats. Feels like too many, two more. Two more, too many. And then the Marlins at home after that. We'll dive into that coming up as well in just a minute. It's Philly State. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, James Seltzer. 
Phillies today, September the 25th, coming up in just a couple minutes. We will uh, look ahead to what's coming up with the Phillies. As, again, they sit eight games back of the Milwaukee Bucks in the wild card race. Eight back, as it looks like now, the Bucks and the Nationals um, are, are pretty much not t- not mathematically locked up, but it looks like they're going to be the two wildcard teams as the um, Cubs are now five game back of the Brewers for that second wildcard spot, and the Mets are five and a half back. So with uh, five to play for most teams, it looks like those two teams, uh, five or six to play, whatever it is, those two teams um, look like they should have it locked up pretty soon. So uh, congrats to them, except the Nationals. We hate you. (laughs) Bummer. I can't believe the Nationals. Bryce Harper's old team are going to make the playoffs and not this one. Um, but the Phillies sitting at 8 out, 79 and 78 now. We will see if they can get a fi- uh, season above 500. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go for that modest goal at this point. Um, you know, great. Um, speaking of which, Gabe Kapler. As uh, I think now that the Phillies are done officially, and uh, not that many or any had any delusions heading into the last few days or whatever that they were going to make the playoffs. But now officially the, uh, the shift can happen as um, the Phillies, uh, Gabe Kapler, again, the team three and seven in their last 10 games um, have not played well down the stretch here. And I think now that they're eliminated fair for reporters to ask the question, you know, Gabe, what do you think about your future as a Phillies manager? And do you have one essentially? And um, Gabe responded to it yesterday saying, uh, this is Gabe. He says, we're going to have plenty of time to reflect on the fact that we didn't get to the postseason, which was the goal and the only thing we thought about all season long. And and he goes on to say, and we will get to that moment of reflection. We felt some sting already. I think we'll continue to feel some sting. But we have a game to get ready for right now, and that's important. For me, to try, to win, for me try to win every baseball game. There's a lot of pride at stake. So that that's really a non-answer. And look, I don't I don't expect Gabe to to say anything about um you know uh, not uh, not being here. I know that he goes on to say that he feels like he is the best man for the job in Philadelphia, and uh, you know he would like to be the guy um, to steer this franchise forward. But um, obviously. Um, uh, here's the exact quote. He says, I love working for this ownership. Uh, he says, I love this team. He goes on. We have games left to play. Like I said, there's plenty of opportunity to reflect. I love this organization. I love this team specifically. I love working for this front office. I love working for this ownership group. And look, I'm going to manage this club as long as I can because I think I give us a great chance to win. And I think because I care deeply about the success of this franchise. So obviously a more elaborate answer there. And, and, um, Look, I I appreciate everything you said. I, I do like the idea of, of fighting for pride at the end of the season here. I think that's true. I think you should do that, and uh, I think that's the right thing to say. Um, but uh, to his point about you know a lot of love there from Gabe. He loves it here. He loves the organization. He loves the front office, all that. Ultimately, um, and I, I appreciate it. And again, I, I have, as if you've listened to the show, you know that I don't place – the majority of blame at Gabe Kapler's feet. I think he goes way higher up than that. I blame Matt Klintag more than I blame Gabe Kapler. But ultimately, I think at this point, again, now they're eight games back uh, here of the Brewers for the second wild card spot. They are very likely going to flirt with 500 or under to end the season. Um, I just think that ultimately, 
it's going to cost Gabe Kapler his job. And whether or not it's his fault, a lot of bullpen injuries. We, we know that the, the schlock he's rolled out there. Um, he's made some good tactical moves. I, as you know, I don't need to go into my whole thing about um, him with the media and the positivity and the relentless positivity and the, the kind of lack of, of realness and all that and um, how I think, you know, we, we've dived into all that type of stuff. But I think that ultimately, just from a, a will he or won't he perspective, I think ultimately Gabe Kapler will be fired at the end of the season. I think that someone will have to pay you know, a pound of flesh, so to speak, for what happened. And I don't think it'll be Matt Klintak's call. I think it'll go above him. I think John Middleton will say, hey, look, I'm not telling this fan base that it's okay to go 500 or below two years in a row or right above two years in a row, especially when I went out and got Bryce Harper, especially when we made all these moves. We intended to contend this year. We didn't. Ultimately, we didn't. Yeah, we played meaningful games in September, but we didn't come close to the playoffs when it's all said and done. We didn't. We're, our season was over with a week left. The season was over before that, in reality. And as I've said many times, I think that Matt Klintak will be back. Despite my beliefs of, of the locus of blame, as it were, um, I think Matt Klintak's back. So if I believe Matt Klintak is back, and I also believe that someone's going to have to pay ultimately publicly for the the for the most part failure of a season all things considered i think that guy has to be gabe kapler and whether it's right or wrong i think that these last five games we're going to watch are going to be the last five games gabe kapler will manage as a philadelphia phillies manager again i could be wrong i think matt clentag will absolutely fight for him i think he knows that as soon as his manager that he handpicked is, is fired that that starts his clock even more because then the eyes are on him and it'll be interesting to see if the manager who is brought in is someone who is um, like a Joe Madden or Joe Girardi, someone who has clout of their own and can kind of contend with Clinton kind of, you know, push back on Clintac. Whereas obviously I think Kapler and Clintac were more in tune and um, that, that was the, the Bob Nightingale piece that came out that said the front office loved Kapler because he kind of did what they wanted him to do and um, and all that stuff. So, um, I, I, I uh, again, I don't know if it's right or wrong, and I know that there's going to be a lot of happy people around the Delaware Valley, but um, I think Gabe's a pretty solid manager, but I, I understand moving on from him for many different reasons, as I've talked about many times, but... Ultimately, a prediction now, I think I think this is it. I think the Phillies will move on, and um, then we'll start talking about who the next manager is going to be. But, uh, look, it's too bad uh, for Gabe, uh, as I do think he got dealt a raw deal in a lot of ways in a lot of situations. But at the same time, um, you know, uh, uh, sometimes you you, you, you got to kind of rise above the hand you're dealt and find a way to, to win the hand. And I just don't think Gabe did that enough. And ultimately, I can't blame the Phillies if that's the way they go. And I think it will be. Again, I think John Middleton has to do something. I think that this fan base, and again, you don't do things solely based on perception or anything, but I think this fan base will not handle it well if they bring everybody back and say all is fine because it isn't. They really disappointed this year, and injuries were part of it. But you look at a lot of other teams across the league where injuries haven't derailed their season. The Yankees lost everybody. The Milwaukee Brewers lost the MVP in Christian Yelich 
and have won 16 of 18 or whatever. So you got to rise above. All right, tonight, uh, five games left. None of them matter too much. <laughs> Drew's finally against Anibal Sanchez. Hopefully the Phillies can win one for pride, as Gabe said. Is um, Only five more to go. I'd like to see them finish above 500. That would be nice, right? I mean, it's not too much to ask. And uh, they're going to have to win some games here if they're going to do that. So hopefully it starts. Tonight in Washington, either way, we will be back to talk about it all and more tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.